to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. So we all love rags to riches stories, don't we? They're so heartwarming. Or we love an incredible transformation where someone's down and out or someone's living not a great lifestyle and somehow there's this incredible transformation and all of a sudden they're living a successful health, they're living their best life. It's, It's amazing. Or maybe kids, isn't it awesome when a regular everyday person turns into a superhero like Spider-Man. Have we got any kids here who have Marvel characters, superheroes on their t-shirts? Stand, stand up if anybody, if any kids have, have, we've got Spider-Man here with Michael. We've got someone up the back there. What, what superheroes on your t-shirt? Spider-Man as well. Very popular. Spider-Man is a popular one, or Batman, or She-Hulk. We love it when we see these incredible transformations. I was just trying to think of a gender. But Wonder Woman was already, anyway, she wasn't an everyday normal person. I thought this through, guys. Come on. Yeah, thank you. I know, She-Hulk wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the most popular example. I'm sorry about that. These incredible transformations that we see in movies, that we see in reality TV. I remember when The Biggest Loser first came out uh, and Karen and I, we just loved watching those first few seasons and we were just, it was, a, it was just a marvel to watch these transformations over such a short period of time. We just couldn't believe it. We were inspired. It was so heartwarming. There was tears as we saw people go from this, you know, this is my lot in life to, you know, working hard and then seeing seeing the, the, the results, the effects of their hard work. But I always had this little check in me. It's too good to be true. Is that going to last? It's happened too quickly. And the stats do show, unfortunately, that between 70 and 95% of the weight that's lost by the contestants in those shows actually put back on. They weren't able to sustain the transformation. And at this time of the year, we can all think of decisions that we've made over over the decades, over our lives, of things that we've wanted to transform and change at the beginning of a new year. I'm making a decision to shift that. That thing's going to change. I'm going to transform in that area. And then a week, two weeks in, and nothing's changed. We can't sustain the transformation. Why is that? Why can't we sustain the transformation? Well, we're human. And humans are capable of incredible things. You are capable in your humanity, in your flesh of doing amazing things, but only so far. Humanity is limited. Ultimately, we are flawed, we are fragile, we're frail. And when it comes to our faith journey as Christians... We can make decisions around maybe the second circle of the purpose circles where we're like, I'm going to transform form my prayer life this year. I'm going to transform the right way I read the Word of God. It's just going to totally revolutionise how I read the Word of God and, and, and I'm just going to increase my Bible literacy or, or maybe there's a, there's a way we want to transform our, our engagement with discipleship community. And they're great desires to have, but ultimately they will fail if we're doing them in our own strength. And over the next three weeks, I want to encourage us through my favourite chapter in the Bible, in the entire Bible. It's my favourite chapter. 
Romans 8. We're going back to Romans. I want to encourage us that there are three transformations for us through and by the power of God. Transformations that can last. Transformations that are not fleeting. Transformations that are not here for a moment and gone the next. But transformations that will last. Three transformations for good. And these transformations have come about not because of our own human effort, but because of the life and the work of Jesus Christ. These three transformations are summed up in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These three transformations, they form the foundation of the plan of God as Trinity for humankind. And these three transformations have dramatically changed everything about my life and billions of lives around the world. And as we step into a new year, Committing or continuing to commit to these three transformations available to each one of us will further establish Jesus at the very centre of our lives and bring power through the Holy Spirit to establish and build supernatural spiritual practices in order that we will not be overcome by whatever challenges we face in 2023, but we will overcome them. And each week we'll have an opportunity not just to hear a great message, have our ears tickled, but we'll have an opportunity also to respond by coming down onto the altar and receiving prayer. As we invite Holy Spirit, see, I'm a man, right? And so I'm speaking cool words and uh, I've spent a lot of time preparing this, but I can't actually transform your life. I can't, my words will not change your life. But the Holy Spirit can transform your life for good. And so why do we want to spend heaps of time listening to me when we can actually come face to face, have an encounter, one-on-one encounter with the Holy Spirit and He can fill us and He can transform us and the reality of what Jesus has done can become our reality as Holy Spirit moves in us. And so we're going to have those opportunities. And so this week, uh, transform for good, number one. Transform from guilt and condemnation to freedom. Who wants to live in freedom in 2023? I do. Next week, transform for good from confusion in identity to certainty in sonship. And on the 15th, from fleeting conditional love to eternal unconditional love. Whew, come on, looking forward to that one. Okay, transform for good number one. Transform from guilt and condemnation to freedom. The passage today is Romans 8 verses 1 to 5 and my son Harrison is going to come and read it in a moment. But first a bit of context because the beginning of this scripture says therefore. So we kind of need to backtrack and go why is Paul saying therefore in Romans chapter 8? What's he actually referring to? And so in the previous chapter in Romans chapter 7, Paul is speaking of a tension. A tension between the goodness of the law on one hand, and the inability for God's people to obey the law, on the other hand. People can't obey the law because of the power of sin. So even though the law is good, even though knowing the difference between right and wrong and, 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 and trying to do that is a good thing, it cannot bring true freedom because we don't have the power to actually live it out. We can tick the boxes, but our heart is still rebellious. Our, our heart is still a, a heart of stone. And outside power is needed to bring the capacity for freedom from the power of sin and death. It's an outside power. But I love how God works. It's an outside power that then becomes an inside power. Come on. Paul alludes to this outside power in Romans 7. 
he says, we serve in the new life of the Spirit. But at the same time, he's saying, what I desperately know is the right thing to do, I just can't do it. And what I don't want to do, I can't help but doing. Hands up if that feels like your life. (laughs) And so something else is needed. And and Romans 8 also alludes uh, even earlier back to Romans 5, where we read similar language to the beginning of Romans 8, where Paul contrasts the sin of Adam on one hand with the gift of Jesus on the other hand. Where the sin of Adam resulted in condemnation and guilt for all people, the righteous act of Jesus Christ brought justification and life and freedom for all people. And so as we read Romans 8, and it starts with a therefore, we are needing to connect it back to Romans 7 and Romans 5. And so Harry... Are you ready? This is your time to shine. Please welcome Harrison as he comes. Good day, everybody. Now I will read the Bible. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of those of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what? The law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering. In order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk in according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on things of the spirit. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I spent the first two and a half decades of my life carrying a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a sense of condemnation. At the age of seven, I blamed myself when I encouraged my younger brother, Tom, to play out on the grass with me out, out the front of our house in Kalgoorlie with no shoes on. And as we were playing... Running along the grass, he stepped on a a broken beer bottle and um, really severely cut his foot open. And it wrecked his confidence for years and years and years. He had to have surgery. They had to break bones in his his feet to repair. And it's never fully recovered. Uh, And so I carried guilt about that. I carried a sense of never being able to live up to my parents' expectations. I love my parents. Most of the time, the expectations were not spoken. They were more uh, subtle. But I do remember feeling like I'm I'm never going to live up to what my parents expect. I carried guilt about that. During a two-year period between the age of 17 and 19, I lived a pretty selfish and prideful life. I, I treated people in a terrible way in my pursuit to find myself. But I just continued to make bad decisions, bad choices that led me to feeling more guilty and feeling more condemned. And in that two-year period, I became a slave to sin. I became a slave to my flesh. My flesh gave me my identity. My flesh guided my decisions. My flesh defined my life. And I was totally imprisoned. And I was desperate to get out. But like Paul in Romans 7, no matter how hard I tried, 
in my own strength. I knew I was totally impotent, totally powerless. Guilt and condemnation were my constant companion, my constant friends walking alongside me over that two-year period. And in 1998, at a youth camp down at Serpentine, Jesus found me. And I discovered that there was not only a way out of this life, of this prison of shame and sin, but there was a way to stay out. Hear me again. There was not only a way out, but there was a way to stay out. And I experienced firsthand in such an unbelievable way, this grace, like a waterfall, freeing me, giving me life, Forgiveness flowed, God's love flowed in such an amazing, empowering way. Jesus came and met me that day and he's walked with me every step of the way since. And so I've been on this journey over the last 24, 25 years of allowing God to rewrite my story from a story that is based and defined on guilt, condemnation and shame to a life of freedom. Freedom that lasts. Freedom that lasts. And it's been a slow work because there's a lot of things to work on. (laughs) A lot of details to work out. God does his best work as a slow work. The quick fix, the quick transformation, that's the thing of the world. The work that God wants to do is a slow, detailed, transformed work for good. And what has helped me along these 24 years is developing an attitude, and this is tough for a man, developing an attitude that the altar is my friend. This place is not a place where I'm going to be shamed and exposed and singled out. Like as soon as I walk down here, a big spotlight's going to come on and all the sins are going to come up, all my sins are going to come up on the screen. It's not a place where people are going to go, oh, I always knew that person, there's something wrong with that person. There's something wrong with all of us. And so it was hard because as a man and, and, and with pride, I, I struggled. I struggled to develop that groove of that habit of when the altar was open, of I'm just going to be down there. I'm going to be the first down there. I'm going to be right down the front. And, and sometimes I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to be facing other people. It's going to be kind of weird. Has, it, has that ever happened? You're kind of down the front and you're lost in God and then all of a sudden you're face to face with someone else on the altar. It's a bit strange. What I've, what I've found is that the altar isn't a place of condemnation and shame, but the altar is a place of freedom. It's where God does a lot of his work. Because on the altar, the whole idea of the altar in the Old Testament is that we are saying we're sinners, we need help, and we're offering ourselves. We're offering ourselves. We're surrendering. We're coming here saying, God, we need you. We can't do this in our own strength. And so we surrender, we repent, we 
receive forgiveness and freedom. And so why don't the band, if you, if you want to come, that'd be great. Sorry, you haven't sat down for very long, but... The other thing that's helped me has been seasons of prayer and fasting. Just small, short, intense seasons where there's been areas that I haven't been able to shift, I haven't seen a shift in, and, and, and I just needed to align myself with God for a, a short season. And so prayer and fasting and, uh, has seen, I've seen some incredible transformation in my life by the power of God as I've positioned myself through prayer and fasting. And I'm, I'm going to do another, uh, a week of prayer and fasting uh, next week. And so I just want to set this year up, kickstart this year in a, in a, in a really powerful God-honouring way. And so there are a couple of things that have helped me on my journey, on this journey of freedom. And look, we could be sitting here and we could have heard all this before. Read the Scripture at a conceptual level. Yeah, we get this. Yep, what Jesus did is brought transformation from a life of guilt and shame to freedom. Yet we can still have these dead spots in our world. We can still be hitting the same wall year in, year out. We can be Christians for decades, but not see true freedom in some areas of our lives. And this can lead to frustration. This can lead to us wanting to give up, to throw in the towel of our faith, wondering if if we'll ever be free. And I've had seasons like this where I've tried to just make it happen, where I've reverted to this performance in exchange for love type of living. If I behave with all my effort, if I give a certain type of effort, maybe the shame will go. Maybe the freedom will come. But it's a never-ending cycle. It's a mirage. You're like a rat on a wheel. It just never It's unattainable in that way. Freedom can't come from our human effort because a reality is attempting to be gained through limited human effort, through the flesh. Living by the flesh eventually leads us to a place where we question whether we can really believe in God at all. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. This is where the Holy Spirit makes freedom real in the here and now, in the present. This is where Holy Spirit makes all of God's plans, all of what Jesus has done real in our lives. Holy Spirit is that guarantee. He is the indwelt God. He is the outside power at work in us, changing, transforming, dealing with the stuff. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, without the Holy Spirit, we can't even say that Jesus is Lord and actually believe it to be true. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to even confess that Jesus is Lord. So maybe we're here today and we're carrying guilt, condemnation, shame, for things we've done, for things that we haven't done. Maybe we've been burdened by an an over-religious, bordering on legalistic upbringing. Maybe we've had a little taste of freedom, moments of freedom, little snippets of freedom, but have slumped back into that place of never feeling good enough. I want to tell you today, I'm a living testament today There's still work to be done, but I'm a living testament today that freedom from guilt and shame is available here and now and in a lasting way. 
Jesus has made a way for freedom to come through His perfect and loving sacrifice. And the Holy Spirit comes to bring that freedom in a lasting way. John 8, 36, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And the work of, of Jesus can only be a reality through the presence of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians three seventeen, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I love Braveheart. I love that movie. I love William Wallace and his inspiring leadership and his inspiring speeches and his cries of freedom. And I could, I was like, oh, maybe you could get up and you could razzle the crowd up today with some shouts and let's get the, the right hand side of the church shouting freedom. Let's get the left freedom. It's, it's going to do nothing. Like, it's just hype. I want, I want real freedom. I want true freedom. I want freedom that's not based on human effort. See, the freedom in Braveheart was based on human effort. I can't bring lasting freedom for you. You can't bring lasting freedom for you. But God can. He can. So think about your life right now. Think about an area where you feel locked up. Where there is that guilt, that shame, that condemnation. You just can't seem to get free. That addiction, that sinful lifestyle, that legalistic thinking. On this altar today, God is going to begin or continue or complete deep and great work of freedom in that area. Do you believe that? Do you actually believe that? Because if you don't, <laughs> let's, let's musos get off and go. Let's just go home. if there's a mustard seed of faith here today it's all God needs to do his greatest work and if I know you guys and I know most of you I know that there's more than just a mustard seed of faith in this place and so first day 2023 not wait till next week or the week after or Feb or March or spring right now right here Holy Spirit come so we're going to sing and as we do if you feel like God's prompting you God's leading you you, you need to respond and you want to see freedom in that area or if you want to surrender 2023 to Him this front area this altar area is going to be open come down our team will be available to pray for you. They'll, they'll come by and, and see if they can pray. If you don't want them to pray, that's totally cool. If you're just doing work with you and God, that's totally fine. But if you want some prayer, we want to stand with you and we want to encourage you in this pathway of freedom today. And so Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you be honoured? Would you be glorified?
We're creating space this morning. We're getting out of the way so that you can do your greatest work. And we're believing that you are going to bring true and lasting freedom from guilt, condemnation, from sin today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.